The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome back, everybody, to Payoff Pitch. It is Tuesday, May 31st. We all hope you had a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. Back for more baseball, 16-game slate. We come to you on this podcast, Payoff Pitch, Action Network's go-to Major League Baseball betting podcast. Every Tuesday and Friday, analysis and breakdown of the slate. Please Rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it and hope you've been enjoying the podcast throughout the course of the Major League Baseball season. Brendan Glasheen with Action Network Senior Editor, Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Writer, Sean Zarillo. We will get right into it, guys. Big slate uh, on this Tuesday, leading off our matchups of the day. We'll take a few minutes to go over some of the key games that Sean and Colin and maybe you, the people, are uh, primarily interested in based on matchups, pitching matchups, and just Good teams. Uh, Angels-Yankees is a very public matchup when you consider the star power uh, on both teams. Cindergaard's on the mound against Montgomery, uh, 7 o'clock start. It's on TBS, national TV game, to get us back from the long weekend. Yankees are home favorites. No surprise there. Total is uh, between eight and a half, nine runs. Zarilla, what do you got for Reed on this game? I bet the Yankees. I like their full game lineup to minus 130. There's still some minus 130s out there. I believe it win is your best number. And some minus 29s, minus 28s. And their first five line, I bet two to minus 125. I think that has come up a little bit, but that reflects what the market thinks about Noah Syndergaard. I talked about him last week, bet against them. It did not work out. He actually had his best start of the season, but his velocity is still sitting mid-93, as high as 94. He used to be 97. And you can't project Noah Syndergaard as a sub-three expected indicator guy. Maybe he's better than low fours, where I might have put him last week, but he's no better than mid-three and a half. And Jordan Montgomery is probably a better pitcher than him. Montgomery having the best season of his career for whatever reason. I think I've talked about it too. Lefties seem to hit their stride in their late 20s. And I think Montgomery is peaking. So I like the Yankees here quite a bit. Still getting name value baked into Syndergaard's line that I don't necessarily think is there anymore. 
What do you think, Colin? Yankees are back home. I was actually wondering if Zerillo was going to come in here and rip Noah Syndergaard again. I know he trashed him and, and about how his career has been on the decline the other day. I'm actually really interested in watching the Angels in this series. They've lost five in a row. They're still sitting here with the second best run differential in the American League, however, behind these Yankees. They're mm-hmm. one run better than the Astros, despite being four games behind the Astros in the AL West right now. But I am with Zerillo. I'm Syndergaard. Um, I think that the Yankees are a good matchup against him offensively. I think that this line is a little bit too low for the Yankees. I'm also going to be keeping an eye on that total. As, as you mentioned, it's kind of hovering between eight and a half and nine right now. If it keeps climbing, I'm probably going to be on the under. But I do like the Yankees, particularly in the first five, as long as it doesn't climb too high. Zerillo mentioned minus 125. I think if you can get it minus 130, minus 135, it's still worth a shot here. Okay, very good. Yeah, those Angels, losers of five straight, looking to get it, uh, get things right. Still five games over 500, uh, still very much in the mix. Let's go to White Sox and Blue Jays. Lucas Giolito taking on uh, Gaussman on the road today. The White Sox at plus 155, Blue Jays minus 180. Total is at seven and a half. I mean, going into the year, you look at one of these series, White Sox and Blue Jays at this stage of the season, you know, it's kind of surprising the White Sox are this much of a dog. But, yeah, they've been one of the more disappointing teams, Zerillo. And Tim Anderson got hurt the other day. Eli Jimenez is trying to come back, got pulled out of his minor league rehab game. So, yeah, the White Sox are down pretty bad right now. Erect offensively. Tony La Russa is still just an decrepit, old, angry man who doesn't like any sort of progressive talk. Around Gabe Kapler, we don't have to get into that. But if you gave me odds on who would be most likely to speak up against Gabe Kapler not coming out for the national anthem, I would have bet Tony La Russa at minus 1,000. Um, you know, the, the Jays... I think have had a poor start to the season, but if you're looking at their futures odds, Fangraphs still has them at 32% to win the AL East. I was in lockstep with Fangraphs on the difference between the Yankees and the Jays coming into the season. I had the Jays seven wins better than the Yankees, but Coda had the Yankees seven wins better than the Jays. So you look at the odds. They basically adjusted in lockstep with how those teams were projected coming into the season. There may be futures value on the Jays to win the division right now, not to win the world series, but to win the division around plus 360 would still make them around plus 200, which is right where Fangraphs has them. So I definitely like the Jays here a little bit on the first five line up to minus 160. Can get minus 165 out there. That's closer to a break-even number. Bet it at minus 155. And Giolito's last start, I was against him with the Red Sox. His strike zone was absolutely absurd. I know his metrics are good this year, but he was getting calls half a foot above the zone, off the outside corner. One of the wildest strike zones I've seen from an umpire this year. I definitely think the Jays are the better team. And given the injury issues for the White Sox, I think it explains why the line is so wide. Colin Whitchurch, the Blue Jays have won five in a row. We just talked about the Angels and the Yankees. Angels have uh, have been streaking the wrong way. Five straight losses. Did the Jays keep it going? Yeah, I love Toronto in this matchup. I think that Gaussman is an absolutely miserable matchup for the White Sox offense in its current state. They simply... I mean, they're having trouble offensively, period, and they simply are not hitting right-handed pitching at all. Tim Anderson being out of the out of the lineup is a massive blow. Like, it cannot be overstated how valuable he is to that lineup and to that team as a whole. I don't know how good Lucas Giulio needs to be today for the White Sox to have a shot in this game because Gaussman is just going to absolutely obliterate this lineup. I actually like Toronto's run line here. I think you can get it at 
115 plus 115 plus 120 range minus one and a half on Toronto. Yeah. I'm seeing here now. And that's probably where I'm going to be going here. I think that Toronto is just going to roll in this matchup, fading the white Sox offense against any above average right-handed starter is the way to go right now until they get things together until some of their hitters who have had some success against righties, turn it around, switch hitters like Yasmani Grandal, um, Mankata has shown the ability to hit righties in the past. Neither of them are hitting right now. Mankata is also banged up. I'll also uh, throw out there a first five under. It's very juiced right now. You can get four and a half at minus 140 range. But if Giolito's on his game, Gaussman's going to do his thing. I think it's going to be low scoring early. I would stay away from the full game total just because of these bullpens are a little shaky. The White Sox will be without Kendall Graveman, one of their top relievers who's on the restricted list because he's not vaccinated and going to Toronto, but the first five under and the Blue Jays run line. Colin, why are the twins still plus money to win the division? Uh, I, man, I don't know. I, I guess there's some, some questions about that pitching staff. I mean, they're throwing Devin Smeltzer out there every five days right now. They, people are assuming the White Sox are going to get healthy. They finally jettisoned Dallas Keuchel. Lance Lynn is rehabbing right now. He should be back soon. If you're looking for optimism from a White Sox perspective, that's it. But, you know, twins at plus money, go for it. Can, can the White Sox talent outrun their manager? Well, Meaning- it, did, it did last year. You know, yes. they, they, they ran away and hit with the, from the division last year. A manager can only do so much damage during the regular season. It's during the postseason that you really worry when every single move and every single decision is under a microscope. But when you're playing in the worst division in baseball, you can win it by 15 games just on talent alone, no matter what your manager does. They proved that last year. This year, the talent isn't showing up, and that's where the issue is. And so many, so many injuries just yes. everywhere. Fair enough. Moving on, Padres Cardinals, Blake Snell is still trying to get himself uh, back into ship shape. He makes his fourth start of the season, coming off his best outing of the year, uh, Blake Snell. I think, actually, pardon me, I think it's his third outing of the year, uh, Blake Snell. Yes, uh, he appeared in a game against Arizona in April, but didn't really, it was weird. Anyway, uh, he's lost his two starts with the the Padres, taking on a Cardinals team with uh, Adam Wainwright on the mound. Cards are favored at home, totals at eight and a half. What's our read on this one, Sean? Yeah, this is a nightmare matchup for Snell. The Cardinals absolutely crushed left-handed pitching. This goes back to last year. They brought up some top rookies like Juan Yupez, Nolan Gorman, who have definitely added a boost to their lineup. So I I think the Cardinals are a team on the rise right now. 137 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. The closest other team is Boston at 121. So they're 37% better than league average against lefties. They just smash left-handed pitching. I parlayed the Cardinals here. Uh, small with the Mets. I like their money line up to about minus 125 if you're going to parlay it, but it's a small edge, but definitely was willing and ready to take a shot against Snell with the team who just mashes lefties. Colin, the, the Cardinals, pretty solid run differential, plus 43. That is the third best in the National League, only behind the Dodgers and the Mets. Yeah, I like the Cardinals offense here against Snell as well. My concern on taking the money line here is that I do – see some regression from Adam Wainwright, believe it or not at the age of what, 40, 41. Um, he's walking more batters than he did last year. He's giving more hits than he did last year. So I have a little bit of concern about San Diego's ability to hit him on the other side, which is why instead of taking the Cardinals money line here, I'm focusing on the total. 
I think over eight and a half has good value. You can even get it at, I think, close to plus money at a couple of uh, couple of shops. So I think the combination of the Cardinals' ability to hit lefties and some uncertainty about Wainwright has me looking at the over here. Probably the top two defensive teams in baseball. That is the that is the one thing that would give me pause. These Definitely. teams just catch every ball and clean up every ground ball. They're yes. tremendous defensive series to watch. Yeah, and that Cardinals offense has been uh, has been really fun to watch. Uh, Goldschmidt has hit the Locked crap up. Oh God, yeah, he's up to seven fifty to win the NL MVP. I think he's third on the odds board now. So yeah, definitely wouldn't bet into that at this point. But reflects how well he's hitting. The Cardinals hang around. You never know. Okay, let's go to on deck. Other games you want to hit on? Oh, look yeah. out! Uh oh. You think you're safe over there on deck, but you're really not. I'll just basically let you, each of you guys uh, kind of take it from here in terms of the, some, some other games you want to hit. So, uh, Zarilla, we'll start with you. We'll go to uh, you got Reds, Red Sox on the, on your list here, but then some other games that we're still waiting on some news. So why don't you fill us in? Yeah, uh, like the over in the Reds and Red Sox game. First five over four and a half. You could bet to minus one fifteen. Bet the over eight and a half to minus one twenty four. Don't really have much to say on those games. Just projected those totals closer to five and nine, respectively. The Pirates and Dodgers, I guess this could be your gather around the campfire moment for this podcast. Look, if you laid minus 350 on the Dodgers last night, you need to reconsider how you're betting on baseball. That line was disrespectful. Just disrespectful. It was difficult, no matter how I modeled the game, to get the Dodgers past 70%. And that was like my worst case scenario projection. I could have made the Pirates probably closer to plus 180. I put out a line at plus 233, knowing it would go higher. It got all the way up to plus 300. So you're giving me a 5% edge at 25% against the 30% projection. I'm going to bet that every time. You're giving me a plus two and a half run line. I'm going to bet that every time. It's basically the same projection for me today, provided Mitch Keller starts against Julio Rios. I've talked about Arias, how his velocities improved throughout the season. I've upgraded him in my projections. This is basically the same projection as last night, around 70%, plus 233. It's open around plus 280. I like the Pirates here down to plus 250. Happy to bet it again. I'm sure a ton of public money will be coming out on the Dodgers again. They're not going to lose two in a row to the Pirates. Well, they've lost four or five to the Pirates. Baseball's weird. That's basically all I can say. Baseball is a weird sport. The Dodgers can beat up on good teams and then lose four or five to the Pirates. It happens. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why they should get to plus, plus 300, plus 350 again. It's just disrespectful. So the plus one and a half runs on the Pirates, plus two and a half, to about plus 118, minus 125, respectively, on those spreads. And then also the Pirates money line at plus 250, provided Mitch Keller starts. You'll see me firing those in the app at some point. And then the Marlins and Rockies, Herman Marquez seems a little bit broken this year. I'm not really sure what's going on with him, but his whiff rate is down 2%, called strike rate at a career low. Velocity's fine. Pitch mix is a little different, throwing more sinkers. I really don't know what's going on with him. Edward Cabrera probably starting for the Marlins. I make the Marlins a road favorite here. So I think the wrong team's favored. Would bet them down to plus 102 for the first five, plus 101 for the full game. I'll probably be adding those to my card as well. Again, provided Cabrera gets confirmed as the Marlins pitcher. He was a bit wonky last year. Command's still a little bit off in the minor leagues this year. But I don't like what I've seen from Marquez. And I view the at the Marlins as way closer to a 500 team than I do the Rockies. Had them about 81 wins for the Marlins. And I think 69 or 70 wins for the Rockies coming into the year. I generally underproject the Rockies. They're very tough to gauge them at home versus the road. But yeah, I don't like what I've seen at all from Marquez this year. 
I really enjoyed the Pirates minute from Zarello there. Um, but it's a fair point. And I think your point about being about disrespectful is not about the Dodgers. It's about just the sport, like betting the sport, right? And that's, your, that's your overall point. You're, you're talking about just how to bet the sport, not you're not saying the Dodgers aren't a good team. No, of course not. I mean, I, yeah. I think the Dodgers are rightful World Series favorite at this point. And even if these teams played a 162 game schedule against each other, do you think the pirates are going 40 and 120, 40 and 122? Maybe that's still 25%. Right. So do you put them under 25% in any given game? No, you would with their worst starter. Maybe you could get to 25%, but 30%, that's probably where they should be at lowest against the Dodgers in almost any matchup, unless it's their worst starter going against Clayton Kershaw. Maybe then you get to 25%. And for the first five innings, I have it around 25%, but they have good bullpen pieces. And maybe no better, definitely no better tonight after throwing a million pitches last night. But Will Crow is awesome. Chris Stratton's pretty good. They have rookies that they're bringing up. They're going to get better throughout the season too. So keep your eye on this Pirates team. O'Neill Cruz is probably going to come soon. He's hitting much better this month. Brought up Ronzi Contreras recently, who's a pretty good pitcher. So yeah, I like this Pirates team. I'm probably the only person outside of Pittsburgh who does but I'm going to keep finding value and betting on them. Okay, Colin, let's go to you. You're, you're, you're smirking. Do you have something to say before you want to go through your on-deck picks? No, I just want to start, I think, taking odds on which seller dweller Zerillo is going to stump for on every episode of the podcast. It's been the Diamondbacks. <laughs> it's been the Orioles. Today, it's the Pirates. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I agree with every, literally everything you say. It's just that that's the theme of this podcast now is which seller dweller is really going to stump for this episode. Today, it's the Pirates. If you had your ticket. I need different hats. I can swap them in and out. Seller Zerillo. Exactly. Love it. Exactly. All right. So I'm on three games uh, today uh, beyond what we discussed first one will be giants phillies ranger suarez it doesn't look nearly the pitcher he was last year his walk rates up nearly two percent from 7.9 to 9.7 the giants walk the second most in baseball 9.9 percent behind only the dodgers believe it or not i'm a fan of what we've seen from junis this year we've talked about the giants pitching factory and what they what they do for some of these guys who they bring in he is due for a considerable amount of regression going forward but I don't know if it's coming today. He has a career high ground ball percentage, 49%. He's not walking anyone. He's got a 4% walk rate this season, which is career best. I'm surprised to see the Giants as underdogs today, honestly. And I like them to plus 110. I just think that the, the Phillies are kind of a train wreck right now. They can't play a normal game, first of all. Weird stuff happens late in their games every single night. Um but the Giants are simply a better team. I think they have the better starting pitcher in this matchup, at least in current form. So I like them to plus 110. The other matchup, uh, Brewers-Cubs. I'm kind of going against some projections here and liking the Brewers. The Cubs offense is not good. However, they do hit lefties. This is a lefty-lefty matchup in the starting pitchers. And the Brewers offense is good. However, they don't hit lefties. All of that said, I don't see a way that the Cubs are hitting Eric Lauer today in his current form. He's having a breakout season. He's striking out batters left and right. He's not walking anyone. And the Brewers offense is red hot right now. They have been for most of the month of May. I think that they can scratch together enough against Steele that I like them even as favorites. I actually grabbed them last night at minus 140, thinking that number was going to move up. It has since moved down, which should tell you something about what people think about those offensive numbers I just mentioned. You can get the Brewers still at minus 130 range, and I really like that number there. 
Third matchup, believe it or not, we're going to talk about the Diamondbacks again. They're going against the Braves and old Charlie Morton. The Diamondbacks have the third best walk rate in the majors behind the aforementioned Giants and Dodgers. Morton's walk rate is 9.9%, which is his worst walk rate since 2006 in Philadelphia. Humberto Castellanos is someone who I've bet on here and there throughout the season. He got obliterated last time out against the Dodgers. However, he's generally been serviceable, especially against subpar offenses. No offense to the Braves, but their offense is kind of subpar right now. I think the Diamondbacks are a little bit too big of underdogs here right now, not getting quite enough respect. So I like them at plus 140 or better. Okay, very good. Any reaction to that, Cirillo? Are you ready to move to best bets? Uh, with Colin on the D-backs, like them the plus 140. If you can get a first five over four and a half, I believe it's moving up to five, but I would bet that as well, like that up to about minus 125. With him on the Brewers' first five, we'll get to that in a moment of best bets. And then the Giants and Phillies, I'm waiting for a plus 120 on the Giants. I do like the Giants as the side. I just think it might come up a touch higher. Junis is just cool. He's throwing his slider like 55, 60% of the time. It's just all sliders. He doesn't care. Um, this is just what the Giants do. They say take your best pitch and throw it as much as you as you want to. The Phillies do have a plus three run differential. I think they're seven games under 500 now. I expect them to be better at some point. But actually, like the under nine and a half in this game, I projected it closer to nine, getting above that key number. Scoring has been way down in Philadelphia this season, about 8% below league average. I think the combination of the new balls at the humidors is just absolutely killing scoring at what used to be an offensive park. Maybe the ball will fly a little bit more as the temperatures heat up and it is hot on the East Coast today, but definitely like that under nine and a half. Okay, time for cleaning up. Let's go to best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. Okay, last episode was Friday before the holiday weekend, a one and two Friday for the, for the team here. So we are just still, we're still hovering around 500 as we move into the month of June uh, as of this coming Friday for the next episode. Um, so let's try to get ourselves closer to that 500 mark. We'll start with uh, Sean Zarillo. What do you got for us? Yeah, Brewers first five with Colin. Like it at minus 118 at FanDuel currently. You can bet that up to minus 127. The Yankees, I mentioned, minus 130 for the full game at win. That's about where I'd set my price target. That's why I'm giving out multiple bets here in case these move off of those numbers. But I would pick off those numbers that are out there currently. And then I had my campfire moment with the Pirates. We're going to give out. The plus one and a half, I would say that's the most likely to be out there widely. Plus 118 or better. If you can find a plus two and a half, I would certainly scoop that up instead. You can bet that to minus 125, but the plus one and a half runs will be the best bet up to plus 118. That a boy Zarillo. Right back on the Pirates train after the holiday weekend. Love it. All right, Colin Woodchurch, what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I was kind of goaded into making three while well, goaded by myself because Zarell gave out three. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving out three as well. A couple Ooh. games we've already talked about, Giants plus 110. Certainly if that line moves to plus 120, I like it even more, but I would still bet it down to plus 110. Um, Blue Jays run line, again, you can get it plus 115, plus 120 range. I think Kevin Gaussman is just going to have his way with the White Sox. Very injured offense right now, regardless of, of what we see from Lucas Giolito tonight. And the third one is a one that Zerillo touched on just briefly, Reds, Red Sox over eight and a half. Michael Waka's back of the baseball card numbers look good right now. He's due for huge regression. He got roughed up by the White Sox 
last week and the Red Sox offense conversely just can't stop hitting. Trevor Story is hitting a three-run homer every single night. Luis Castillo and the Reds bullpen don't seem to be much of a match for that. So over eight and a half Reds, Red Sox, that's my third best bet. Oh my God, that that Reds Giants over that hit on Sunday was Yikes. just an absolute nightmare. Yikes. Uh, and I got it back with the White Sox over and extras, but man, these totals and these bullpens, guys, like we are fully back in bullpen blow-up season. Welcome to the Thunderdome because your unders are not safe anymore. I think we just got our episode title, David. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! I love the urgency with three bets each because when this when they all when they all hit and they go six and oh, we're over five hundred through the month of May. So there you go. I mean that's that's go. how that's the idea here. So end of the month, total urgency. We can appreciate that. Um, great work as always. Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, find them on the Action Network app. Also uh, on the website as well. They do a great job covering Major League Baseball. Podcast is back on Friday. We'll get you set for the weekend or start of the weekend on Friday with the full slate of games here on Payoff Pitch. Action Network's go-to Major League Baseball betting podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. We'll join you again on Friday. Good luck tonight, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.